Hi, welcome to the second episode of Economia. I am Monica Martinez and my co-host for today is Angelica Rufino. Angelica is our Housing Counseling Program Manager in DC. Welcome, Angelica. Thank you for having me. As you all know, it is becoming increasingly difficult to become a homeowner in the DC area. According to Bright MLS, the average price of a home in the area was around $570,000 for the month of June while the price for a single family home reached well over $700,000. So for this episode of Economia, we are going to talk to someone who actually purchased their first home during the pandemic by using programs that are available in the district for residents who want to buy but can't afford these high price tags. With us today is Renee Perkins. Renee purchased her first home less than one year ago and I actually had the pleasure of working with her. Welcome Renee. Hello, how are you? How are both of you? We're great. Thank you so much for being here with us today. Congratulations on becoming a homeowner. Um, that's a pretty uh, big milestone and accomplishment. Let me ask you, is DC home? Uh, now it is. <laughs> um, <laughs> not originally, no. I, uh, I grew up in North Carolina. Uh, I came here about 16 years ago now. Uh, and uh, I just, I've come to love it. So you've lived in D.C. for 16 years. What made you want to become a homeowner? Well, I mean, I always kind of planned to become a homeowner. Um, I just didn't know where I was going to, that was going to take place, uh, what part of America. Um, but the more I stayed here in D.C. and I love being in the capital, I made connections. I, you know, it just became, became home for me. And I'll, Ultimately, though, what really pushed me was that I was tired of paying so much high rent. And I'm like, well, if I'm paying all this money every month for my home, like, why can't I at least own it? So I just kind of started a, a five-year plan to to own. Well, welcome to D.C. We're happy <laughs> to have you. <laughs> um, so you came to LEDC at the beginning of 2019 for a homebuyer education class. What made you decide to reach out to us? Uh, well, when I came to you all, I wasn't actually coming for the, the home buying class. I um, had been recently approved for a mortgage elsewhere, but it wasn't enough to stay in D.C. And, you know, D.C. is very expensive, as uh, you stated in the beginning, to live here, uh, even, you know, buying a home. So a friend in passing had told me about the IZ program. And that's when I was I just kind of did a Google search to find out more about that. And that's when I learned I needed to work with a nonprofit in order to really get to where I wanted to be with that, which is how I wanted up. Uh, with your organization. And that was my initial step. And then when I met with Angelica, it was a, you were the one who encouraged me to take the, the class. I'm like, all right, I'll take the class. I'm tired of classes, but fine, I'll do it. And I'm glad I did. <laughs> it was uh, it was a lot. I learned a lot about, you know, the different programs. Um, not, not all of them I was eligible for, but I learned a lot. Like, um, made me wonder, like, do people realize there are so many programs here in D.C. that you can utilize? It was just amazing. And for those who don't know, um, how would you define the HPAP program and the IZ program in regards to your experience? Um, okay, so the IZ, 
I would say so much of the program is like a law. Like what I learned was like eight per, eight to ten percent of like condos or renovated buildings are have to be set aside for affordable housing and uh, condos. And I didn't, I wasn't aware of that. And then once I learned about that, I uh, I wanted to know more. And then it wasn't until I came to your organization that I learned about HPAP. And I originally, I didn't think that I was eligible for HPAP. Um, because it just felt like too much of a too good to be true type of dream. So I didn't you you were the one that actually pushed me to apply for that program and again I'm glad you did. Um but uh it was uh it helped getting HPAP um helped off like with um other than just going the traditional route, getting um, to get a mortgage, getting with that, they even, you know, once you like there are different stages, of course, based on your your income, how your eligibility goes and everything. And so even, you know, saying that you, you eventually say you would have to eventually pay it back, it gives you more of a, a grace period in time and and help to pay it back as opposed to going the regular bank route or something like that to get a mortgage. It's a. Uh, it, it helps um, those like me who are not exactly in the one percent tile <laughs> of uh, income. So, in regards to the programs that Renee mentioned, um, the IZ program is for affordable housing in the District of Columbia for renting and purchasing. So, you definitely have the options of doing both, and there's certain percentiles that you have to um, be qualified in, also income qualifications, in order to take advantage of this uh, great program that helps you live in basically everywhere in DC. It's not in a certain area in DC; it's all eight wards, and that's the most amazing part about the program. And in regards to the Home Purchase Assistance Program, it's a program that gives you up to $80,000 to purchase a home in the District of Columbia. And the assistance ranges, but it definitely helps homeowners to put a big majority of the down payment that is needed, which is typically 3 to 3.5%. But with the programs, um, the homeowners have the availability of putting even more, which makes their housing costs more affordable um, for them when they purchase their properties. And also you get $4,000 of closing costs. HPAP is definitely one of those programs that um, isn't well known, but um, it can be very advantageous to people who need help with down payment um, and closing cost assistance. Now, Renee, uh, buying a house is a major financial decision. Uh, what did you do to prepare? You know, did you establish a rainy day fund and how long did you save before trying to buy? So it actually started uh, for me back in 2017. Um, I started uh, not so much with saving. I actually started with cleaning up my debts first. Uh, I felt like that was a very important thing to do. So I cleaned that up. And then after I had gotten my debts paid or under control, that's when I started uh, saving and putting money aside for that. And I admit that, like, like, you know, how is it? It's not the easiest to save, but what I started doing was treating it like, and I recommend this for everyone, if you have a hard time saving, just treating it like a bill. So, you know, just like every single month, if you can do it more than once a month, that's great. But at least once a month, you just like you're paying a bill, you automatically put a certain amount aside and put it in your savings account. If you do auto pay, kind of treat it like auto pay, like so that your bank is automatically taking that money and putting it into your savings account. And that's kind of how I started with that uh that whole process slowly building, uh, building with my savings, building with the debts and just keeping everything under control and also trying to show that I was financially responsible. Um, and now, now I'm 
very glad that I was doing that. Some of it I was just doing on instinct, but once I actually started the process for home buying and I saw how much your finances are scrutinized, I just felt really exposed, I have to tell you with that. Um, But I was glad that in the past that I had definitely shown that I can be financially responsible because like all that prep work helped. In regards to your purchase, Renee, you were a part of a special group that purchased a home during a pandemic. What was that experience like? Oh, my gosh. I thought I was going to lose my mind. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay. So on one hand, I, I would say there was a benefit because I feel that because everyone who was also engaging in, because I was doing it the IZ way. And so because, you know, with IZ, you have to make sure you have your paperwork together and all these things. And everyone else who's also going for that same unit has to do the same thing. So so part of it, I was glad because ultimately for the, for the home that I wanted up purchasing, um, I was like, they rank you. And I was number 10 out of 11. And like, but yet I'm the one who like won that lottery, and it felt great because I was the first one who had my my documents in, and uh, <laughs> it was, and I so it was because of, that was the great part. But then the part where I just felt like I was going to completely lose it is where the pandemic came in. <sighs> the uh, people weren't buying. That, I mean, that made sense. People weren't buying because it was a hard time, particularly last year. But because of that, my the bank that was handling part of my mortgage, they the uh, they would not open up the funds until the developer had fifty one percent under contract, and that took. I had went under contract in May of last year, and I did not close until October, and it was I was so stressed and I was upset and then I was also scared that they would somehow take it away from me because the bank was like the bank refused to open up and like give the funds up so we can close and the developer was getting frustrated and it was a really it was a really big deal and I was just stressed every part of the way um and then and then it was the closing day had gotten rescheduled three times, including on the day of the closing. And they called me in the morning and said, sorry, we have to reschedule it again. And the interest kept going up. And it was it was a lot. So, yeah, it was it was very, I think, even more stressful than it wouldn't. I don't like would have been if a pandemic hadn't been going on. But because of the pandemic, everything was so much slower and it really just got the nerves going. Yes, I do remember those moments. Uh, we will stay in constant contact. And I'll be like, just hold on. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. And definitely greatest shout out to your home buying team. They helped you tremendously. They kept your spirits up. Your lender was amazing. Um, definitely want to give her her flowers because she definitely helped you 100% to close on that property. Oh, definitely. She was awesome also the the rep the seller the representing the seller of the place he was great um because he was the one who who chose chose to go with me instead of some the ones who were higher ranked than i was um 
And and I have to say, that's another thing I wanted to. You had told me this yourself, Angelica, that don't worry about how you rank. It's about paperwork. And you were right. But in, so also, like, not only would I want to emphasize making sure you always have your paperwork together so you only have to worry about anything that you have to refresh when that time comes. But then also keeping in contact with the seller or the seller rep throughout the process is also beneficial because then they see you more as a, a person and really connect with you, I think. And, I mean, that's how it worked well with me. So... I think that that's something you should do. Definitely. Thank you for that pro tip. Yes. (laughs) Um, A lot of people, they, they, they get the misconception that you're just a number and I'm just going by the number. But if you keep in constant contact, you show your face, you call them, they definitely will start seeing you in a different light and see that you're more serious about this property. Renee, did you ever think becoming a homeowner in D.C. would be possible? I mean, I always like to say that I'm an optimistic person, but I didn't. Okay, so I thought it would be possible. I just didn't think it would be possible so soon. I thought it would, even though, like earlier, I said that I had a, I created a five year plan. I was making, yeah, optimistically five years, probably more like 10 years. And then really it turned out to be more like three years. I'm like, wow. Like, I just had, it was just incredible. <laughs> So, no, I did not expect this soon anyway. What did it mean for you to purchase your first home? What? It meant everything. Honestly, even now, like, I'm like, I can't believe this is my home. This is it. This is like, I'm a homeowner. Sometimes, I will tell you guys, sometimes I still go on the the D.C. property tax site just to look up my place and see my name right there saying I'm a homeowner. (laughs) (laughs) Because it's just so just like wow and like every once in a while I'm like oh my gosh thank you God I just like I just feel so blessed and like I just it still feels totally unreal definitely and I'm so happy we can help you it was definitely a process but you are definitely one of my star clients and I'm so so happy for you <laughs> um so just to say, you know, that's why these home buyer programs are so crucial. They offer the opportunity access of housing through down payment and closing cost assistance. Um, in your instance, for example, the average market cost for one bedroom unit where you live is around 500000 So imagine through the IZ program, in theory, you can get the cost down for a little more than half of the price, which is amazing in regards to combining and using the programs that DC has to offer for home buyers. Oh, definitely. I agree with that. When when my home was appraised, and I remember it it appraised for nearly $580,000, but then I my sales price was one fourteen, and I just like wow, this is just so amazing. And then having the assistance from HPAP and this, so that's why I actually I try to tell this one. You actually, Jelica uh, called me uh, last week. I told you then, and this is so true. I'm t- I tell everybody. <laughs> all about the programs. I tell them about you. I tell them about this organization. I tell them about everything to let people know I can do it. You can do it too. You just gotta get on the ball. You just have, that's why I just like really emphasize that you have to like start with the classes. You have to go on there. I say go to the D.C website about the IZ program then go and, and find you have to do the first the IZ class there's two of them that you have to take you only have to take the one if you only want to rent on take the second one if you want to um, buy which I 
definitely suggest. And I said, it, it can seem like a lot and it can drive you crazy. I remember there are the times, Angelica, you kept saying, like, I, I feel like I kept having to come here for this paper and that paper and sign this and that I needed. And I thought, I'm like, oh my gosh, when will it stop? But it was, it was worth it. You just have to <laughs> put it through, you know? And like you learn a lot through that. Like I learned that for instance, um, you know, they always tell you to keep your tax returns, but what they all, they don't tell you is that you need to sign your tax returns because a lot of times when you're doing them online, you're not signing them because you're just doing them online, so you don't really have to sign them, like, physically when you're doing it that way. So you have to make sure you're signing your tax returns, so do that. So you don't have to worry about doing, you know, someone calling you up or, like, you friends call me up, like, you need to come back and sign these. I'm like, oh, you have to sign them too? I thought they were already signed, okay? But mm -hmm. it's just... Like these, like little things that you learn along the way, and I just, I completely recommend taking the home buyer education class. And even those two classes, the IZ and both IZ ones, the long one that's like six to eight hours, and the first one that's about two hours, they're both worth it. It's just completely worth it. And your your mortgage, if you go with another bank, they might have you also because my mortgage company they actually had me take a class too. So I was taking another um, home buyer's class and that one was also worth it because it was very detailed. So it's just, I know it seems like a lot and believe me, I have never been the one to where uh, I hated homework in school. But <laughs> like I said, when it's something is in, it's important and this is important because this is your life and this is, you know, the home that you will be living in. You just have to do it. Now, Angelica, let's say someone is interested in buying a home in Virginia or Maryland. What would you say to them? I would definitely suggest to them to um, call or visit our offices. We do have offices in Virginia and we have offices in Maryland. Uh, we have definitely the pre-purchase uh, counseling and the educational classes to help you gear up to becoming a first-time home buyer or either a reoccurring home buyer. Definitely get you in line with your finances, with budget counseling, credit counseling, and also see if you're mortgage ready to see if it's something that you can do today or maybe if you have to wait three to six months to a year to get prepared financially for the big step. Um, also, we offer condo classes in Virginia that help you know about your condo rights, the board of the, the association for the condos, also in regards to condo fees and everything else that can happen that comes along with owning a condo. And we also have the home buyer education training classes, which is a class every day is referring to that's around six to eight hours with continuous um, counseling because we do have a final one-on-one. And you do get a certificate of completion, which you have to show um, to your lender and also to your realtor to show that you have finished your home buying requirements in order to purchase in the D.C., Maryland, and Virginia markets because we also have online classes in Virginia with the Virginia Department of Housing. I believe that's their name. Um, but they have online, but you still come in for a one-on-one -on -one to get your certificate of completion also. Or in this current situation, we do virtual. So you could definitely have the options of virtual classes and also virtual housing counseling services. So Renee, you closed on your home last year. What advice would you give someone who is looking to buy their first home in DC or in this area? And is there anything you learn as a homeowner that you would like to pass on to future home buyers? Uh, um, one, uh, at your closing, don't let anyone rush you. When you're going to have to sign a lot of papers, 
Do not let anyone, whether it's the loan officer that has been working with you or the other lawyers, anyone, don't let anyone rush you when you're reading it because these papers are important. I know you might feel rushed, but this is ultimately you're the one buying this home, not them. So, like, if you need to take the time to read it, that is your right to do that. Um, and I would encourage you to do that. Um, that's definitely one. Another is, uh, like I mentioned earlier about your tax returns. First of all, just keep keep everything. Because before I started working with you, Angelica, I did not know I needed to keep all of these things. And that so many different things, like regarding your bank accounts, were connected. Even a bank account that was closed, but because it popped up on something, like, I had to, like, show... Those two. And in that case, if anyone does run into that issue, like, well, the bank was already like that account was already closed. It's really actually easy to go to uh, to get those account information, even though it's closed. Just go to that bank and uh, they'll uh, print it out for you. So that's pretty easy uh, to do that in case anyone was wondering. Um, Another thing I would say is when it comes to like getting the home inspected, make sure you definitely uh, find out, like really investigate the best people to uh, inspect the place. Um, and if you're using HPAP to do that, make sure that they they can know how to do an HPAP inspection. Um, and I definitely recommend being there during the inspection and um and because they, they look at other, like, not just, like, big things, but the smallest little things. Like, they're the ones who told the developer, hey, you need to put some door stops in. I wouldn't even thought about that. And so, and then another thing I would um, say is that if I'm differently abled, so uh, um, if anyone else out there is differently abled, I would highly recommend, like, you completely look, not just at your unit or if you're getting a condo to your unit, but also just the outside of the building, see anything that would make it easier for you to be, um, to live in this able body world um, and get that done before you close from and to tell the developer what you need that's in well within your rights as a differently able person. If you're not familiar with the term differently able, this AKA disabled, um, it's in your rights to do that and just to get it done before you close so that you can have it done in writing. Because if you request it after you close, then most likely the cost to get those things done is going to fall on you. And that's not great. Or if it doesn't, it's just going to be a long headache to get it done. So just make sure you completely just think of everything. Get a checklist. If you're not someone who writes lists, start for this because um, it's, you know, you'll thank yourself later for doing that. Um and I guess the other thing is just, um, again, like my condo, I don't know about everyone, but like for if yours makes, if you have a warranty that goes into effect the day that you close, this part might be like a year or so, make sure you know, you know what the warranty is. And um, so that while you, once you move in, you can continue to look to see anything that might, you know, be going on. It could be something as simple as the toilet seat is like loose or the closet door, something's going on with that. Um, but all of that is, should be covered in your warranty so that the cost of fixing it won't be on you. But just make sure you get it all done. Don't just like put it off saying, oh, I'll call them later. No, that warranty, the end of that warranty will creep up on you. So just get it done. So because after that warranty is over, it all falls on you because you're the homeowner. <laughs> so That's great advice. Are, just to yeah so it's uh other than that it's just doing that and all also if you're doing a condo condo fees this is like my big rude awakening here condo fee is not like a rent it is not rent controlled so <laughs> no. what i i recommend is that you 
like I already like mentioned about saving, but save specifically also for just in case um, your condo fee goes up. You can save for that eventuality. And then also, even if it doesn't go up permanently, there might say there's like a brief uh, reason why it has to go up for the next six months or something like that. So I would say always put aside for that uh, eventuality that, you know, it'll go up for whatever reason, whether it's permanently or temporarily, at least, you know, you'll be prepared for that. Wow, that is very, very, very great advice. Um, whenever Renee, you want to come, have to, yeah, you might have to teach some of our classes now. You know? <laughs> yes, I was gonna say, whenever you want to, you're more than welcome to come to our classes. We'll definitely give you a spot so you can teach us um, in regards to purchasing as a homeowner. <laughs> Thank you, Renee, for coming on our podcast and sharing your home buying experience. Becoming a homeowner is a big accomplishment, so congratulations. Thank you. Definitely. Congratulations. For those listening, thank you for tuning into the second episode of Economia. If you want to learn more about our home buying program, please visit ledcmetro.org. Until next time. Bye.